Hello and welcome. EVA Speaks is a podcast of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty and staff to the university's alumni, friends, and families. My name is Susan Lynch, and I am the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning at the University of Virginia's Office of Engagement. This podcast features Melissa Goldman, the Fabrication Lab Manager at the School of Architecture at the University of Virginia. The fabrication shops are laboratories for thinking and making, both in the analog and digital realms. Through courses, workshops, and interdisciplinary projects, the UVA School of Architecture Fabrication Labs push the boundaries of technology, tools, and materials research. Melissa is also the co-founder of UVA's Maker Grounds, a network of shops, labs, and maker spaces open to the UVA community. In this podcast, Melissa will tell us about the Fabrication Lab and how she connects with other labs through Maker Grounds. So thank you, Melissa, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great opportunity. Hello to everybody. <laughs> okay, great. So Melissa, can you start by telling us a little bit about your background and when you came to UVA? Sure. Well, I've always been a maker. Um, so I'm the daughter of an art teacher and a math teacher. And so I got into design pretty early on. Um, I got into set and puppet design in college, um, and uh, I moved to what I say, I moved to a bigger stage when I uh, got my master's of architecture from Columbia's graduate school of architecture, planning and preservation. Um, And that's where I was introduced to what's called a CNC router, which is a digital fabrication tool that takes a hand router and puts it on a three axis robot. Uh, And I use that thing for the first time. And I said, this is my dream. I want to work with tools and I want to teach other people how to use them. It was so fun and you could really make uh, anything. And from my background, I was noticing there was this gap between kind of designers and builders, makers and fabricators where there was really a disconnect on how designers were coming up with innovative materials and practices and how they were finding barriers to actually build those in the real world. And so I knew that I wanted to get into the classroom and teach. I knew I wanted to have a lab and kind of close that gap through kind of hands-on learning uh, and getting our hands dirty to understand what professionals in the field have that skill and expertise in and how we can take our designs and have that conversation as a team to kind of push things forward. So I came to UVA in 2000, January of 2011. So I've been almost here 11 years and the lab has taken many kind of iterations from when I first got here, but I've, I absolutely love it. Um, and I've been involved with a lot of things at UVA to meet folks from all over grounds and every single person I meet, it's just another amazing connection and and opportunity. Sounds like you found your calling. (laughs) (laughs) I do love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's wonderful. So what is the mission of the Fabrication Lab and how does it empower and support the students, staff, and faculty of the School of Architecture in their classes and research? Yeah, so the mission of the lab is to create an inclusive environment where students, staff, and faculty learn through practice uh, the tools and techniques of making, prototyping, and craft. Um, And that's across all the disciplines, from our architects to our landscape architects, our urban planners, 
and our historic preservationists um, and all of our friends across grounds coming. We have folks coming to us from all sorts of different departments to use the tools. Um, and so really it's folks who are walking in with a desire to make or solve a problem through making and we empower the users literally through handing them the tools that have power, but also in how we teach them those skills and how we teach them to have the conversation about those skills and tools. And so at the end of the day, someone can take like a raw material and through their hands or extension of their hands through tools and computers, transform that material into a physical object or environment. And that's super exciting. That's the exciting moment um, of every one of our days. Um, and so, you know, they can take that skill and then transform it into so many different disciplines. Um, it might launch a new product. It might connect and have a conversation with the public. It might help someone's life. It might construct or preserve or grow like the literal space around them. And so that hands-on thinking and working just translates to a lot of different areas that our students are going and our research is going. Um, and so we work closely with kind of faculty and staff and students to, to develop curricula and to plug in to studios and classes. And that could be everything from learning how to make a site model, like a topography of a city or of a landscape, um, and then buildings and, and where your design is affecting that landscape or that topography. And that's just building a conversation. Or it could even be something that's body-sized. Um, so it could be furniture, uh, or it could be some sort of augmentation to the body or some prosthetic um, that is going to affect the body in some way or extend the body in some way. Or it's a full-scale prototype. Um, and that could be a full-scale building. It could be a large model or a part of a building or a prototype of a detail. Or it could be in the landscape, like actually getting out there and moving earth and, and seeing over time kind of how that what you've made changes or affects kind of the ecosystem around it. So it's, it's kind of working at all scales and understanding that that communication is really important. Um, with all sorts of folks who would then be affected by, by that design. So the lab itself <laughs> is a team of myself and my colleague, Dr. Trevor Kemp, um, who's a double who from our uh, mechanical and aerospace engineering department, um, and about 15 undergraduates and graduate students who are our Fab Lab crew. Um, and we all have a passion uh, for making and kind of connecting with, with users to make their make their dreams come true, <laughs> is kind of what we say. And so physically, we're a 7,500 square foot space on the first floor of Campbell Hall, which is the architecture school. Um, we got renovated. We were renovated in 2019. The designers were two faculty mem members from our faculty in conversation with faculty, staff, and students here. So thank you to Pen Corbo Architectos for that. Um, I like to tell people that we're now physically the soul that we always were in a bunch of cut up labs and shops. Um, and now we're kind of this big, beautiful space of 
We have wood shop. We have a wood shop. We have 3D printers of all flavors from plastic to metal, um, laser cutters, water jets, sewing machines, embroidery machines, and a fleet of robots who we've named. Um, and we just have a lot of fun with our, with our, I call them toys, but they're, they're tools, they're serious tools of making and, and how we can give access to so many people on grounds, um, how we can give them access to these tools and, and have them learn by getting their, their hands dirty. Um, and we also have an off-grounds facility called the Milton Airfield, uh, which is 172 acres of land where our landscape department and our architecture department uh, with partners from engineering and environmental science have been working on full-scale uh, pieces. So in the past, we've had design build programs out there. Um, and currently we have uh, landscape faculty who are building up an experimental landscape lab out there working with the Ravana River and all sorts of conditions of the land itself. Um, and that's, it's just so exciting to expand into those areas. Um, and empower empower our users with with those tools and techniques. Oh, that's great. I, I didn't <laughs> know about that other piece. That's really interesting. Yeah. So what are the, some of the research areas seated in the fabrication lab and what opportunities in the built environment does this research sort of push forward with technology? Yeah, so um, so not only is the lab about about teaching, but there's some the research groups that are uh, that are um, rooted in the lab, um, and uh, and they are focused on so many different areas from developing new materials for building construction, looking at sustainability opportunities um, in the construction industry, and and how do we how do we make new materials and then design with those materials uh, the built environment. So we have two faculty members and. Thinking off the top of my head, Katie, Katie McDonald and Kyle Schumann, who are working with organic materials, reeds, grass, bamboo, um, to cast, route, build new types of, of building systems um, that will then look at local building materials of this area and how do we push forward new types of designs that are going to be just healthier uh, for the land and for our communities that are here. Um, Asan Baharlu uh, has been working in design robotics for, for a long time, uh, working on how we construct buildings in partnership with robotic arms. Um, so things that make planes, trains, and cars and bringing that to the construction site. So he's been working with folks all across the grounds to 3D print or, um, with robots, whether that's plastic or clay or concrete at full scale uh, and getting into making things full scale um, of building components and saying, how do we, again, kind of address sustainability issues, but also pushing forward the construction industry and how they can use robots on site with a skilled workforce um, and design and build new types of construction, new forms, new processes, um, more sustainable processes and materials for our buildings and our built environment. Um, we also, I, I've been working uh, in this realm along with a few other faculty in 
design and building with augmented reality. So the HoloLens headsets that folks are, are using in their homes to play games, how do you actually use those to not only train a new workforce, but also to design and build in that augmented world? Um, and how do you make that a more efficient way of building uh, and also um, how that can lead to new types of new types of building in the in the built environment. Um, and then, as I was mentioning earlier, our landscape lab out at Milton is saying, you know, is asking the question, how do we model at scale what is happening and kind of the larger issues of the environment? Um, and how do we how do we work with those models? And those models aren't necessarily things that fit on a tabletop. They are they need to be out in the landscape. And so how do we how do we use the landscape in different conditions to to um, either accelerate issues that we are seeing uh, in the environment currently or um, to solve those issues uh, and, and kind of researching where we can be in partnership with others to just make a more healthy world. So there's a, a lot of different research areas and I think it's looking at some of the wicked problems of what the construction industry currently is finding itself contributing to and saying, how do we, how do we solve that? Um, how do we train designers to be cognizant and respectful of that? Uh, and how do we go forward into a, into a, new, a new and more healthy environment? Interesting. Wow. I mean, with climate change, it's going to, these things are going to be more necessary and more important than ever, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Can you explain a bit more about uh, Maker Grounds and what mm -hmm. is, where is it located and how is it helping the UVA community as a network? Yeah, so Maker Grounds is, well, it's all over grounds. <laughs> it's everywhere. Um, it, is the, it is the network of shops, shops, labs, and makerspaces that are open to students, faculty, and staff uh, across grounds in, in almost every department. So um, in about 2013, I got together with my colleagues from Drama and Studio Art who run the, the shops there, and we did this huge festival called the Stan Winston Festival of the Moving Creature. And it was almost a proof of concept. It was saying, if we can work together with all of the tools that we have in the spaces and the expertise of the brains that we have, could we service arts grounds um, in a different way? Could we just allow for, for students and faculty and staff to teach differently, to learn differently with hands-on making um, in a different way? And from that relationship, I mean, it was it was amazing. We made these five huge moving puppets that took over grounds for a day. Um, and that was an amazing class. And it showed us that if we were working together, we could be bigger than the sum of the, you know, the sum of the parts is bigger, bigger than each part. So we then started making friends across grounds um, with in engineering, in the libraries, in music. And as these different labs were opening up or had been open and they were trying to kind of connect across schools, we realized that we were stronger as a partnership. Um, and so all of the managers, uh, along with environmental health and safety uh, folks, 
kind of got together and we've been meeting once a month ever since um, to talk about everything from how do we train our students to how do we share tools uh, so that maybe one facility is set up specifically for a process and we can all go there to learn together. And then those students can come over to a different lab. And so the partnership has really allowed us to get tools that not each lab would be able to afford or support. Um, it's been able to allow for an easier flow of researchers and students and, and faculty kind of cross grounds um, to then find new partnerships when they come over. So I have folks coming in and they'll they'll be coming from across grounds and they'll be building next to one of our, our faculty in, a in architecture. And then all of a sudden they'll make a connection. That spark kind of within the lab is something that they, they won't see in the classroom necessarily. And that's led to other partnerships or other projects that you know is just supported by this access, this easy access to tools of making, um, and that's been really, really an exciting opportunity for for folks all across grounds. Great. So I recall seeing a story uh, in UVA today about Mayhu grounds during the early days of the pandemic. And can you explain to those who didn't see that article the kinds of things that were done in Mayhu grounds to support our colleagues in the UVA health system? during the early days of the pandemic? Yeah, so very early on, almost immediately, there were calls across the world um, for folks with 3D printers or other, other pieces and, of technology and tools to start making PPE for medical professionals. And we knew that we had those tools at our disposal. And so very quickly, Maker Grounds got together and said, who do we need to talk to? What, what can we do to help? Uh, what, where is it? Where is, where is the need and what can we do? And so we quickly got into a group with, um, with folks from the medical center uh, and some folks from business who were looking at logistics, <laughs> as everyone was uh, at the time. And we said, you know, what did the doctors and nurses and medical professionals need? Is it PPE? Is it prototypes? What can we make you? And it started a conversation that led to so many different products. Um, what, the, what the article was covering, I think it touched on almost all of them, but we were making masks. We were making face shields. We were making um, little stands for cameras to be brought into patient rooms so that they could connect with their families during this hard time. We were, we were making prototypes that the doctor said, hey, you mean you could make this? Like you could, we could ask you this, we have this issue, we have this need and you could just make it. And like, yeah, we, we can make it multiple times for you. Um, and so they, it was, it was a, I don't like to say there was anything interesting about the pandemic or exciting about it, but this conversation and this partnership was very exciting um, and, and lasting. Uh, because we can still now have that conversation to say, hey, we need something over at the medical center and we think that this should exist. Uh, and we say, yeah, we could we could make that for you. Um, and so over at the School of Architecture with, between us and the School of Engineering and about 45 volunteers from the community 
we made about 15,000 face shields uh, in about five weeks uh, for not only the UVA Medical Center, but um, Centara Martha Jeff and our you know, long-term uh, senior care facilities and first responders. And it was just a way to connect to the community that I had never really seen before. Um, and the group then connected also with Seville Craft Aid that was doing amazing things in the community to sew masks um, and get those out to the community and to, to folks who needed them. So I think that Charlottesville came together in a really big way and the university could, could help, at least in maker grounds in our corner, we could help wherever we could and kind of show that, hey, we have the tools and the experience if you have something that needs to be made, let's let's make it and let's figure out what we can do. So that's been that was really exciting, and um, and some of those conversations are are still going uh, even today. Yeah, that had to have been really rewarding for many of us. We we didn't really know how we could help, so to be able to have a tangible way to help um, during that time, I'm sure was was a really rewarding thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so finally, um, what is the future of the Fabrication Lab? You know, where are you taking this all? <laughs> <laughs> what is the next iteration of the lab? I think, and, and especially coming back post-pandemic, where we had an opportunity to train all of our students, again, <laughs> in the lab. Now it's a really exciting time to say, where, where are we going from here? And I think the research areas are are really the, the places that we're going to see the most growth uh, and the fastest growth and, and where we can kind of connect to folks all across grounds uh, and industry as well, um, making some partnerships there to say, how do we solve these problems through design, through making? Um, and so the some of the issues I was talking about before with the gaps between the conversations of those who are in, in the industry and those who are kind of in research, um, I think we're gonna start to see some big prototypes align. And that's both in our, um, our design robotics area, um, where we are building a, a, a lab for a large scale robotic arm. We have about four small ones in the lab, um, usually see them in car commercials, kind of moving things around very quickly, but they're really this amazing tool where you could put anything on the end of it as an as a hand, and it could do everything from picking and placing things very accurately to routing something in six axes, um, so you can get to all angles and and carve in, in any way you can to bending to three D printing, um, you know, full scale wall prototypes. And so I think when that gets when we're, as we're kind of designing and planning and building that, I think we're gonna see some of those smaller prototypes that we're making in classes become kind of the, the foundation for some of these research areas to just go bigger um, and go to a scale that we can we can start testing over time. Um, and that's, that's really exciting to be able to 3D print a building out of concrete um, on grounds and then to be able to test that, I think is really great. And we've had kind of a renewed interest in the in Milton, um, where our landscape architecture and our architecture professors 
are looking at it as the way to, to build for longer term. So we have a number of folks out there, uh, Brian Davis and Michael Lugering and Matthew Seibert and, and others who are who are spearheading and championing using all of the acres of land, not only to teach our students you know, best uh, maintenance practices for landscape and how you actually build with those tools, but then how do you build those models at full scale and to test them and then just start really interrogating some of the issues of sustainability and climate change and our landscape alongside our builtscape and what we can do as designers to to mitigate the the issues that we're seeing. And I think doing that at large scale, very few other programs have that opportunity with that sort of land (laughs) near near their their campuses. So this is a really exciting moment to to be in the first first steps of as we're kind of building that out. Um, And then other interdisciplinary connections. I've seen so many new faculty coming in and immediately connecting with our colleagues in the arts, in engineering, in other sciences, in environmental science, in biomedical engineering, in the medical center, in the school of education, data science, all of that is coming through the lab because they're physically building or prototyping objects they can then have as a conversation with their audiences, whatever those audiences might be. And so I'm really excited to see now that the lab is in its new form, kind of having been finished right before COVID um, and then having very limited access through that time, you know, how when we come back, what those conversations are going to be like, what kind of what kind of partnerships are going to be made and what we're going to be growing and building for the future. Um, and I think it'll be an exciting thing to see <laughs> as we go forward. That's great. That's really problem. Thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing all this information and, and your clear enthusiasm for the work that you do <laughs> and uh, about the Fabrication Lab, the School of Architecture, and the work being done by Maker Grounds. So, you know, in a place like UVA, there's just so much going on in the schools and through collaborations that it's often difficult to stay on top of the interesting things that are happening <laughs> across ground. So Thank you so much for bringing this information to UVA's alumni, friends, and families. Thank you. For sure. And if anyone wants to look up more information, you can go to makergrounds.virginia.edu or to the School of Architecture website and check out the Fabrication Labs. Um, And if you have any questions, uh, you are welcome to contact us at fablab.virginia.edu. And we'll be happy happy to chat. Well, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you for listening for upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs. Please visit our website at engagement.virginia.edu backslash learn. You can also find podcasts and other recordings on Spotify. Search for UVA Lifetime Learning Channel. So thanks again, and we look forward to you taking part in future lifetime learning programs.